Walkcast is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. The Podcast Network supports Alberta-made podcasts like this one. To find out more, visit albertapodcastnetwork.com. Walkcast is also brought to you by donations raised through Patreon. To donate, visit patreon.com slash timquerengesser. Absolutely. Um, but if I hadn't done it, we wouldn't have this. So you have to ask yourself, you know, you have to be okay with the status quo if you're not going to do something about it. A lot of people talk about how their city should become more walkable. And that's often where it ends, the talk. Complaining about drivers, yelling, anger about pedestrian deaths, mean tweets. Julie was different. That's Julie Kusiak. Julie's with a walking group in Edmonton called Queen A Crossroads. And they're special. They're special because they use positive power to get their city to rip up their streets and make them more walkable, bikeable, and livable. It's not a story you hear often. In fact, it's never been done before in Edmonton. Julie was tired of talking and complaining, and more importantly, she saw an opening. Her neighborhood, Queen Alexandra, was scheduled for what the city of Edmonton calls neighborhood renewal. Usually neighborhood renewal is a refresh on what's already there. A set of new sidewalks, new streets, maybe some fresh paint on the crosswalks. But Julie figured neighborhood renewal could actually renew things for her and her kids, and so she pitched that to her community league. At the time, two arterial roads cut Queen Alexandra in two. Julie says most people, kids especially, didn't feel safe to walk or bike. They didn't feel all that proud either. Parents dropped their kids off at school in cars. Motorists blasted through the place quickly. Some neighbors didn't take care of their property. Julie's idea was simple. Why can't our neighborhood renewal focus on rebuilding pride using walking, biking, and living? We had bike lanes that were painted on a few years prior that weren't working. People who biked didn't like them. People who drove didn't like them. Nobody liked them because they weren't working well. Um, And then we had neighborhood renewal coming up. And and if the city was going to be ripping out the roads anyhow, we thought, well, why can't we do this better? Because right now these roads aren't working for this community. Um, It's dividing us in half. weren't allowing their kids to cross the street to go visit a friend, to go to the park, to walk themselves to school, thereby creating more traffic. Um, The same thing, people were afraid to bike on the road. They were using the sidewalk right beside the painted bike lanes. So there was clearly something that wasn't working, right? If people should be biking in the bike lanes if there's bike lanes. Um, If there's a crosswalk, a marked crosswalk, kids should be able to cross that crosswalk but they weren't being allowed to because it just wasn't safe. Um, And at my corner, um, I observed um, it's almost one accident every year. You know, there was just too too much speed and not enough uh, vigilance um, for that vulnerable road user. So then back in May of 2014, we had our Community League AGM and there I had proposed um, 
all right, is anybody interested in, in taking this on? And uh, there was a great response. In fact, people there said, hey, it's not just 106th Street that's a problem, it's 76th Avenue too. So we said, no matter what we do, we don't want to engage the traffic calming process because that's not really what we're after. Um, yes, cars are creating a lot of the hazard for everybody, but really what we want is um, something that's more walkable, more bikeable and livable. So it was more that idea of not what we don't want, but what we do want. The group got to work gathering signatures from supporters. And they created a few core principles. The road would be transformed from barriers to bridges. They wanted better biking infrastructure, shorter crossing distances for pedestrians at crosswalks. So principles in hand and full of enthusiasm, Julie and the group scheduled a meeting with the city about their vision. I'm not entirely clear what happened, but um, nobody was there to meet with us. This is where a lot of people would have given up. Julie didn't. Instead, she politely insisted the next meeting with the city of Edmonton had to be a real one. And she politely insisted that decision makers had to be in the room. The city soon obliged. Twelve engineers and planners showed up at that next real meeting, and they had a look at the Queen Alexandra walk, bike, and live design requests. Here's Julie's recollection. We had this meeting. We pitched our idea and said, we have this vision of walk, bike, live, and here are our general principles, and we want to be your partner. We are not the technical experts. We are not the engineers. We don't know how all your city processes work. So we're not going to pretend to be the experts and design this and say we need this kind of crosswalk here and this kind of lane width here and all of that. What we want is to give you the, the goal and then bring the people to you who can help inform the best way to reach that goal by their life experiences because you won't know that about our community. You might think that the best thing there is, you know, a four-way stop, but maybe it's not a four-way stop. Um, and you're not going to know that unless you talk to a bunch of people and we can bring those people to you. So you be the expert on the technical piece, we'll be the expert on the lived community experience and goals side of thing. And they looked at us like, like they hadn't heard of something like that before. And, and, and we, you know, one person in particular sort of took our vision principles and kind of tossed it on the table and was like, what can we do with this? Julie says the group felt deflated. They continually told the city they didn't want to design a more walkable neighborhood. Instead, they just wanted it to get built. Regardless, they sat down and found some examples. They made some proposals, more crosswalks, better visibility, bike lanes. And then they offered these to the city. And so then we submitted it. Then the city got that, um, reviewed it, went through all its processes, and their response back was, no, 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 and no. I 
Again, most people would have just given up. But Julie says they just kept working at it. And most importantly, they stuck to their own rules. At the time, Edmonton was fighting about vehicle speeds. Some neighborhoods were engaged in traffic calming, and the fights were divisive. People often saw the work as a war on the car. Julie and her group refused to be a part of it. So they resolved that they wouldn't even say the word car or traffic. If she was asked about it, Julie says she would keep to her script. Queen Alexandra wanted a more walkable neighborhood. And they tried to offer potential wins rather than point out the flaws. So then when we got all that no, 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 then our second rule as a committee was we don't speak poorly of the city and we keep it positive because we're all volunteers here, we're sitting around the table, we're working hard, and we're not going to waste our time and our energy complaining and getting negative. So instead of saying, we went and said, what can we do about it? And so we did something about it. We went and we got letters of support from a whole bunch of different organizations. So the different surrounding community leagues from the Old Strathcona Business Association, from the Old Strathcona Foundation, from the historical perspective, from an infill builder, from um, Edmonton Bicycle Commuters, from um, then it was Strathcona Complete Streets, um, all of these different organizations that were key stakeholders in a change like this. Um, so we did that. We went and had different consultations in the city that we put on. So at our community day, we had a walk, bike, live theme where we had um, um, opportunities for people to go and um, so the kids went and painted a mural of different places they walk and bike in the neighborhood or would like to walk and bike. We had sticky notes for people to say, um, what would this vision mean to you? And they could go and do that. We had an opportunity for, we had somebody do some volunteer photography and um, take a picture of somebody and they would write what this project does for them. So we got a whole bunch of profiles of people with their faces saying, this is the face of what this would do for me and my life. The group dug in. Julie says she originally thought the idea might take a few months, but after half a year, it was clear it was going to be a marathon and not a sprint. So they kept at it. Julie would show up at city council and speak on related topics. And she always stayed positive. She told city council the Queen Alexandra group didn't want to fight. It wanted to partner and build a better neighborhood. It wanted council's help. Nine months after starting, the city got back to Julie and the group. They were willing to work as partners. And then the real work began. And um, the process was not easy. We had a lot of bumps. We had a lot of really tense moments um, as a, a partnership committee of citizens and city staff. And, um, but we didn't take those out to social media and, and to um, you know, everywhere else. We, we worked through those in a respectful, um, collegial kind of way to make sure everybody um, yeah, was, was shooting for the same goal. It took more than three years, but today, Julie's house sits along a changed street. Bike lanes, raised crosswalks, less space for motorists. If there's an intentionally walkable neighborhood in Edmonton, this one is it. And Julie says you can see it in action. Well, there's, 
things. Like, um, first of all, I do feel like traffic is going slower than it used to. Um, and that was a huge thing we heard in the consultation over and over and over again is people are speeding. It feels too fast. It feels too fast. And I don't know whether people were actually speeding, but the people who were participating in the project felt that people were speeding. So it meant that it was too fast to feel safe. And now um, my guess is I don't know how many kilometers lower they're going, but it could be up to 10. Like it, it feels and looks slower. Um, so it'll be interesting when the data comes out on that. And I think that's huge because we always said in this project, we're not about volume control. Um, we're about encouraging more livable speeds, right? Um, so that's great. Um, we have all these raised crosswalks, which I think have added visibility. They've, they've made the walkability a lot better. And, um, I'm seeing kids being allowed to cross the street now. Um, and that didn't happen before. Um, my family, my kids, wouldn't bike with me to the market or to the library. It was super stressful for them. Um, even if they were on the sidewalk and I was on the street and we were both on the sidewalk. Um, and now they, they want to go do it. And they're asking, can we go biking? So they're feeling safe. What's changing most is what's considered normal. I mean, my kids... Um, they, they usually assume that we're going to walk our bike someplace, um, which is great. Um, mostly walk, actually. We walk more than we bike. Um, and if we haven't been in the vehicle for a week or whatever, they get in there like, oh, we haven't been in the van in a long time, Mom. <laughs> and that's great. I really think that we've moved mountains in the past, you know, four years or so in this city or the past five years. It's, it's incredible to, to see the shift and you see it in um, a few council members, you know, the kind of comments they used to have to the kind of comments they have now. You see it in city administration um, and you see it in um, social media, right? All of a sudden there's a lot more advocates of walking and biking than there used to be. Um, before it was a, a very, very small group. Now it's, now it's a small group, but um, getting larger by the day. Julie could have quit on multiple occasions, but instead she just kept at it. Today, her neighborhood is transformed. She doesn't gloss over what it took to get better streets. And it shouldn't be this way, but it is. And until it changes, Julie says, it all comes down to a choice. Oh, huge energy from the grassroots. Like, our family alone, it's in the multiple thousands of hours just for this project. Never mind other projects I've done in the city. And then, uh, then there's others, other committee members who, again, hundreds or thousands of hours over the past few years on this project. Um, and it can be exhausting, absolutely. Um, but if I hadn't done it, we wouldn't have this. So you have to ask yourself, you know, you have to be okay with the status quo if you're not going to do something about it. WalkCast is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. I'm Tim Quaringesser. Thanks for listening.